Welcome to MI Insider, a show where Mercer Islanders give their perspectives on issues here at home and across the world. I'm Miles Avales, and my goal is to highlight the people behind the headlines. Now let's get into it. Since November of 2020, a bloody conflict has been raging on in the northern Tigray region of Ethiopia. A political dispute between Tigray and the Ethiopian government has escalated, giving way to war and famine in Tigray. Caught in the middle of the conflict, millions of ethnic Tigrayans are facing a humanitarian crisis. I'm Miles Avales, and you're listening to MI Insider. The cause of the Tigray conflict can be traced all the way back to 1994, when a political party that represented Tigray led a successful revolt against a military regime that was controlling Ethiopia at the time. This party that led the revolt was called the Tigrayan Patriotic Liberation Front, or the TPLF. After taking control from the military regime, the TPLF restructured the government and it naturally became the leading party of Ethiopia. But eventually, the public became dissatisfied with the TPLF and ousted it from power. In its place, they elected Abiy Ahmed of the Prosperity Party to be the prime minister. Abiy kicked out several Tigrayans from the government who were accused of corruption. For Tigrayans, this was a nightmare scenario. They had lost control of their government and had their leaders removed from power. In September of 2020, when Ethiopia's national elections were postponed due to covid Tigray decided to fight back by holding their own regional elections. Ethiopia said, you can't do that. And then Tigray said, yes, we can. So then Ethiopia cut off their funding and took them out of the government budget. And when this happened, Tigray considered it a declaration of war. And in response, they allegedly stole weapons from Ethiopia. So this brings us to where we are now, where Ethiopia and Tigray are fighting. Ethiopia in this conflict has had the upper hand and has used its military strength to bomb Tigray and enforce a blockade there. And research has suggested that half a million Tigray people have died from starvation under the blockade. To hear more about humanitarian conditions in Tigray, I sat down with Benjam Yatberek, who is a technology specialist at Mercer Island High School and whose family comes from Tigray. Benjam had a lot of important things to say, and so I wanted to share with you the conversation that we had. Here's how it went. My name is Biniam Yatabadik. I am a technology specialist for the IT department here at Mercer Island High School. And can you describe your connection to Tigray? Have you ever visited there? Yeah, I have. I visited uh, three times um, between the, the years of 1998 and 2007. But my connection with this is uh, my mom and dad are both Tigrayan. Um, they come from Oxum, Tigray. I was born in Seattle, but uh, my family migrated from the second ward in 98 to Sudan, and then we ultimately found our way to Seattle. So that's my connection with Tigray. Yeah, so tell me a bit about your parents' story and like um, where they were in Tigray under and under what conditions they left and for what purpose. Yeah, so my parents in 91 were uh, fleeing Tigray uh, to find a better life in the, in the States. Um, so they were they were immigrants in Sudan for a few months um, when they came to the United States um, for a better life economically because all the injustice and um, the oppression that was happening in Ethiopia at that time. So from your perspective, can you like um, describe or like paint a picture of 
the Tigrayan conflict and its implications for its citizens? Yeah, so right now uh, there's basically a famine, a man-made famine uh, initiated by the Ethiopian federal government where they're blocking food aid, medical supplies, um, any type of resources going to Tigray, which is um, um, several uh, miles from the capital of Ethiopia. Over six million people are on the edge of starving. Um, there's um, bombings that are happening in the major cities. Um, there was a kindergarten school that was bombed just two weeks ago. So by also having them black out the internet and the phone, there's a lot of no information coming out of Tigray. So we actually don't even know the severity of how bad it is out there. Um, and this has been happening since November 4th of 2020. So. Basically, my position is always trying to just um, amplify the voice of the voiceless, try to fight the injustice, and advocate for peace and economic development. Yeah. How does it feel not being able to, like, uh, contact your family that's still in Tigray? Yeah, I mean, it's heartbreaking because uh, we don't know if they're alive or not. Um, we don't know if they're starving or if they've been attacked or killed um, or just anything, right? So it's uh, it's the hurt of not knowing. Right. And um, ultimately, like every war, um, the biggest loss is, you know, innocent civilians. Right. So it's tough. Yeah. And from what you know, do people in Tigray? Well, obviously, there's the two sides. There's the central Ethiopian government and then there's the Tigrayan Patriotic Liberation Front, if I'm correct, the TPLF. Yeah. And so do civilians see the TPLF as like an ally that's fighting for them? Or do they see them as, like, one of the sides that's perpetuating the war? Yeah, so actually right now the fighting force is the TDF, which is the Tigray Defense Forces. Um, TPLF is currently a um, political organization. So the TDF, the Tigray Defense Forces, are literally, like, everyday farmers, electricians, like, you know, a recently graduated college, like, student. They were, they're literally all joining the forces to basically fight for survival. Because um, with the Ethiopian troops that was trying to march to, to Tigray, and basically the TDF is defending the civilians. They're not the ones on the offensive, they're the ones on the defensive side. So, um, But a lot of the civilians in Tigray do see TPLF as a supporter because the, the whole um, founding of that organization was to fight for the Tigrayan civilians, which other Ethiopian leaders have not in the past. Recently, you attended a documentary at the Langston Hughes Performing Arts Institute. It was called The Fight for Tigray. Can you describe a bit about what that documentary was about? It was presented by Roman Debach. Um, it was a documentary that she had um, executive directed. And it was basically about the, t- the conflict in Tigray, about making um, all the headlines that should have been more in the forefront. So in an effort to spread awareness about the genocide happening in Tigray, Tagato Rebuild Tigray Foundation in collaboration with the Seattle Tagato Youth, which I'm a part of, brought the film to Seattle. And it was basically uh, a fundraising awareness to donate money to survivors of the genocide, as well as, you know, alerting the community really what the context of what led to the conflict in the first place. So it was more of an information seminar as well as a fundraising event. What were some of the specific hardships that the documentary showed people in Tigray facing? Um, you know, it, it definitely was emotional, film because you are showing people that, you know, are, are, are just hurt, right? They're crying, they're starving. Um, you look at the numbers and how, how it's expected of lives to be lost and lives that have already been lost, right? Like, 
these are real testimonials from the diaspora, like other Tagados that live in the States or in, in the UK that can't speak to their parents, they can't speak to their siblings, um, or they have just horrific stories of them being able to connect with people and their family members and are hearing like horrific, horrific, um, you know, graphic information, right? People getting slaughtered, uh, women are being victims of sexual assault as used as a weaponized um, uh, tactic, right? So, you know, it's um, it, it was heavy, it was emotional. I had to leave the film a few times just to, just to gather myself. Um, but these are the type of documentaries that uh, and people outside of my community need to be aware of so they could, you know, have more awareness of what's going on. If you could say something to the Ethiopian Ethiopian government that's kind of enforcing the blockade and you described it as a genocide, then what would you tell them to do? What would you have them do? Uh, what, 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 what we have been doing is, you know, with, with our Twitter campaigns and awareness, which is, you know, stop the war, um, understand civilians, like every human being is um, required to have food, um, have access to water, to medical supplies, to mental health, you know, all these have been shut down. And these are basic access as, as, a, as a human being. So, you know, I would tell the Ethiopian government to just have some have some grace and stop the, stop the violence. Humanitarian groups I've heard have had trouble aiding the people because of like certain restrictions, and they can't get in with the fighting. And how do you how do you hold out hope in this situation that things will get better? That's the hardest question. Is it's uh, it's, it's hard to have hope, but that's not what the fight. Um, in me is able to keep lit is more just I'm just advocating for my family because you know whether they are alive or not like they have no one else fighting for them so like I don't even have like whether if I have hope or not it's in as irrelevant to why I am still advocating for them yeah it's just a it's a necessity that you fight for them mm-hmm. yeah um, now to wrap it up are there any ways that we here in America or Mercer Island can support you and your cause yeah, for sure. Um, if you guys want to follow on Instagram, Seattle Tigray Network or Amna Tigray, which is O-M-N-A, Tigray spelled T-I-G-R-A-Y. Um, there's a lot of information that we um, put on there in terms of like, you know, protests that people can attend or they want to donate um, funds or clothes that we, we can ship, medical supplies. We've we've organized events in the past to, um, you know, have just normal kits that we can ship to Sudan where a lot of the displaced refugees are able to get access. But as of right now, we just need to spend more awareness, get the Congress um, people aware of this and see how we can go from there. What are some more foundations that people can like donate to? There's a, a donation that you can uh, donate to. It's called the Seattle Tagato Community Center, which is based out in 23rd and Jackson. You can donate to Omna Tigray or HNPN, which is a bunch of medical personnel that donate um, their their time and their services to help you know victims of sexual assault and as well as physical assault. Um, there's there's numerous organizations that um, all do well, uh, great things, but it just ultimately if you go on the Seattle Tigray Network account, all of those pages are on there as well. And just everybody. Um, Really focus on what's going on in the world, right? And the, the USA is seen as a beacon of hope. We have democracy here, freedom of speech, and this is the, the, the privileges that we can exercise when we want to advocate for other people in third world countries. Thank you for having me. Big thanks to Benjamin Yatberg for sitting down with me to do this interview. 
it's just a really heartbreaking story that he had to share. And I think it's really important that people be aware of this because, as he said, it's not really an issue that's been covered much in the media. Thank you for listening to MI Insider. This is our first episode, but you can catch the show every Thursday at 7 a.m. and as a podcast on Spotify. I'm Miles Avales, and remember to keep listening to 88.9 The Bridge.